<laughs> Probably going to burp. Oh. <laughs> Look out. Wow, that's a familiar sound that I haven't heard in a while. Welcome to the Why Aren't You Famous <laughs> podcast epilogue. Epilogue. Our final episode for the season, season one. Yep. With your hosts, Ellen Cherry, that's me, and... Andrew Grimm, that's me. I'm the one with the low voice. Oh, you think you can go lower than this? Yes, I do. That's not lower. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Where uh, we compare. <laughs> where we compare our voices and how low we can go. Oh, man. Our okay, mind. what a crazy trip it's been. Yes. Because I don't even remember. Oh, sorry. Just okay. spiked you out there. I'll relax. I'll relax. Can I have a little more volume on my headphones, too? Uh-huh. Thanks. <clears throat> That'll keep me from screaming. Sorry about that. Okay. I'm apologizing to the listeners, not to you. They won't know. <laughs> Those 18 people who have 18. followed us on this journey. Yeah, the entire time. Here we are. Um, first up, we should say in this epilogue that we are very grateful to all of the Y... Aren't you famous? W-A-Y-F tour supporters. Yes. Um... <clears throat> Who helped us fund the tour and then come back with a little bit of cash too? I haven't. I'm, that's one of my goals for the next couple of days is to suss out how much money has remained from the um, GoFundMe page to disperse it. Cool. So we have some extra income from the tour in addition to the money that we earned. That is awesome. And we could not have done it without our many supporters. And don't worry, we're going to be hitting you up again <laughs> pretty soon. <clears throat> because one of the things we talked about on tour was should we do a second season and the answer ended up being yes 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 we should and the second question is what should it be about and we kind of came to the conclusion hey meg would you like to talk about it um yes i think what we're going to do is um we're going to take the show on the road we have uh friends all the way across the u.s uh we have some people up northeast we have pacific northwest and we have like the midwest and all that other stuff but um, it would be kind of an interesting type of thing to, to meet those people, um, do a little bit more of a music thing. Yeah, focusing um, on c- content creation. Content creation. That sounds so clinical, though. The, like, you know, but, but here's the thing. I'm going to cut you off for a change. Um, surprise. Surprise. And Wait, do I cut you off a lot? You do. No. You do. Oh. Should we go back and study? <laughs> Just go back to the... Mig... He is so needy. This is the neediest cat when it comes to podcasting. <laughs> he's like, I want to be in this podcast so bad. Oh, he's... He's like biting you. I know. Wow. What were you doing to him? I was scratching his butt like that. Mm. Scratching it real good. Yeah. He's... <laughs> it's an intense experience for him, apparently. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, we're going to stop because people don't know what's going on, but apparently something pretty important and significant in oh. Mig's romantic life is happening right now. I think it's just his regular cat life. Um, yeah, so the idea will be that um, we're going to do fewer episodes next year um, on the next season. We did 24 this season. It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, and especially when we think about if we're going to do content. Um, and by you know, content, we mean... Well, writing oh, I songs. did just cut you off. Sorry. Yeah, see? See? Mm-hmm. I think that was not cutting off that that was an interjection in the natural flow of conversation. <laughs> so, proceed. Why, thank you. Thank you for your permission. <laughs> What's happening? Because I'm barely paying attention. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
Well, put a put a pin in the the podcast idea for a second. I was going to talk about content because mm-hmm. the other day I was listening to it was some it was um something on NPR. I think it might have been a podcast. I can't remember exactly what was going on with it, but they were talking about you know the the idea of content. It's all about creating content, not continuity. I think was like kind of the phrase that they used. Wait, where did you read this? Uh, I heard it on on a, on a, on a podcast, and they were talking about music in the digital age and stuff like that, and and why. I think they were talking about Spotify about about to go public and all oh, that yeah, other stuff. Man. And they and they really it was a really interesting thing because it was all about like you know people release singles, they don't release records. Um, so it, we're losing context. We're we're losing context. And long form reflect. I mean, journalists have known this for a long time. Sure. That, like the long form journalistic practice is mm. very hard to sustain because, first of all, the reading public and is, I'm is diminished. I'm among this because I was trying to focus my mind to read this morning, mm-hmm. and I have to retrain. I feel like I've spent probably the last year or two years not reading. Yeah. And just skimming, and now to really get my mind to focus and read is I'm I have to get back in the habit of it. Yeah, I cannot blame it anymore on the fact that I can't find any good books or whatever. Right, right. It's more that I don't have the attention span, and so music is the same thing, you know. Yeah, and I, I find that like when I listen to music, like um, there's there's different modes of of listening to music. Like when I listen to, like I was um, this past fall, actually the 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 record East on Green that that June Star is releasing at the end of this month. Um, I wrote those songs in February of 2016, and we recorded the record in, what, October, November? Of, of 2017, of yeah. Of 2017. A year and a half later. And um, <clears throat> we were... I was... I, was, I, I listened to that record... I listened to those farm recordings almost every day for like it would be my morning coffee ritual. I would I would have my co- well I have many morning coffee rituals, but this is one of, you know, five every day. And I would sit there with my headphones on and I would listen intently to that record as part of the creative process of thinking what needs to happen, what doesn't need to happen, you know, yeah. you know, maybe I should change that lyric or whatever. And then some of that stuff even changed when when I started rehearsing songs with Katie Field she started making suggestions on stuff which of mm-hmm. course I you know, bristled at because you know it was perfect know. and set and I'm, why would you allow any other collaborators to shape or why, why are you messing with my stuff it's perfect and and you know well, she made some some very good editing choices and yeah. so, so and, you know, you learn that you use that as a learning experience. But, but my point is this: is like the only time that I'm listening intensely to music anymore, or intently in music, is when I'm listening to my own record, trying to figure out what I'm doing in the creative process. And I wasn't, I don't like doing deep dives on records anymore. I don't, I, I, I try to do that, but I don't. It's, it's kind of like. What is the barrier to that? Like, what are yeah. you feeling is keeping you from doing that? Is it time or just energy? No, I think it's I think it's the distraction of the dig- digital stuff. Yeah, like I'm constantly thinking about other things. You know, um, That's a, it's almost like a personal fear of missing out. Like I'm missing yeah. out on something that I should be doing. And we talked about that a lot on this, I you know on this podcast that the pressure to 
sustain a successful independent musician life um, mm. requires you to basically learn new skills almost on a weekly basis right. that are not that have very little to do with actually with actual creativity. Right. It has only to do with business and marketing. Well, and that's why we're not famous. You know, that that's the whole idea. Like we're we're not more successful because because you're looking for the I, I hate the term unicorn the 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 silver bullet or whatever moment of like oh this all we had to do was market ourselves that way or you know create this you know viral idea and then that's you know that's what that's what set us apart that's how that happened and then the fear of missing some opportunity which is what right. I had a situation like that very recently where I took an opportunity because I thought okay well this might be cool to just jump back into the fray with this a certain type of media <laughs> that has a gatekeeper. I know, I know what you're talking about. You do, but no one else is going to because I'm going to attempt to be very discreet about well, it. It was a recent experience. Diplomatic. Um, and to have a that's pretty poignant reminder of the disposability mm. of something that I had put tens of thousands of dollars and time into creating my work and have it treated basically like a piece of trash Yeah. Um, that by a gatekeeper who I felt was, I had done a lot of favors for mm -hmm. in the service of like, you know, potentially like doing things for this person and their organization that I felt were like, yeah, somewhat mutually beneficial, but then to scale out, to suddenly telescope out of those experiences and realize like, oh no, I've been a sort of a chump right. for a long time. And the next time that I engage with that medium, it's going to be with the first thing that I'm going to do is to say, what am I going to get out of this? Yeah. Instead of like, oh, well, what's mutually beneficial? And I and I hope that that doesn't make me seem selfish, but maybe no. just smarter. You know, it's not. You know, here, here's the thing: we we, have, we one of the things that we've struggled with in this podcast, the struggles we've talked about in the podcast, is is that whole, whole idea of ego. Yeah. Like, you know, I was like, oh well, you know, it's got to be mutually beneficial. You know, I I help people get gigs in Baltimore. And if they don't help me get a gig in their hometown, psh, that's it, son. Yeah. I'm done with you. I mean, I'll, I'll help you once. I might even help you twice. But if you're not reciprocating to me, in new, 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 you know. The, then they're the, not part of that tribe that you're trying to build, for right. sure. I mean, because we have plenty of people that are, have, are worthy of our um, attention and time and that the tour proved that mm -hmm. that these are all people that were like tried to put together cool gigs for us and at the very least were, participated in it with us right. and housed us and cared and listened and that's born you know like bore itself out like, time and time again over the course of 15 days um that other people had put a lot of effort in their space. And right. those are the people that are just like, yes, come to Baltimore because I'm, you know, we have places for you to play. Just give us the heads up, you know, don't show up on a Tuesday and expect right. us to set it up by Friday. Oh, good Lord. But it's worth, they're worthy of the time. And, and maybe that's just like the secret as we go along on the, the trajectory that I, I can't say we, I can only speak for myself as the trajectory that I am on in my career there's that old adage, you know, like be nice to everybody on your way up because those are the people that you're going to see on the way down. Sure. 
and in a business like the arts it's very much audience based and fickle mm-hmm. and can be out of your control you can be the most amazing artist and no one will ever linger in obscurity because of multiple reasons but there's to me there's just like well first of all, you would be nice anyway you would be just accommodating not accommodating but you'd be kind and generous mm-hmm. to everyone that you know that you can that is an sociopath that crosses your path um, in your career but the idea that like there's this winnowing as we get older of the people that are actually worth our energy and that's just a natural relationships thing anyway where you're sure. just like this was that person is a waste of not a waste of space but a waste of my time yeah because you, know? Cool, like, you know you can always make more money but you can't make more time yeah because time is time is a, a finite resource and the and and the organization you're talking about is as you're talking about this and i'm thinking about it because i i do know the situation pretty well and we're not going to talk about it anymore specifically don't ask right uh, all those emails that we get every 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 week <laughs> nobody cares um but, like Ella Cherry was wronged. But, no, I wasn't wrong. But the, but the whole thing is is that is that organization is not in a situation where they are going to be turning out the lights. Yeah. The next day, the next week, the next month. I'm not saying they have deep pockets because they probably don't, but they're not in danger of going out of business. Yeah. They're not in danger of being evicted. They're not in danger of you know what's the next project we have to do they're not they have a support system in place to generate revenue that is you know well managed and they have a team of people doing that and it's culturally acceptable right you're it's it's considered value by valuable by enough people that they're just like we want to keep that alive it's sustainable yeah and you and i are unsustainable in what we do like we're we're our, our big achievement is going to be sustainability. Yeah, and it's going to be. And I'm, I want to. You know, we're going to talk for our usual amount of time, but part of it definitely needs to be to celebrate that the learning process through sitting here and recording 24 episodes with you and planning the tour, and it was. You said this at the beginning of the tour like two hours into it you're like this is the best tour ever best tour ever <laughs> and that definitely bore itself out this is one of it's yeah from beginning to end just a really beautiful experience and a lot of learning and incredible time out on the road proving time and time again as we did from our live or from the road podcast that mm-hmm. we were not magically but mm-hmm. Um, very systematically running into the best people that each of those areas had to offer because yep. they were work doing the same thing they were doing. And that was really life affirming and reassuring and fueled me through the end of the tour um, and made me want to very much have that be a constant of my life and not these sporadic things that I'm only doing twice a year, you know, like that. It definitely inspired me. And, you know, I've talked about this and I've talked about this um, pretty openly that, the the biggest thing for me to come back and feel accomplished was about about was just being in a car for 3000 miles in mm-hmm. 15 days and that was something that was stolen from me and i wanted very much to to have back now that 15 days is probably my limit and there has to be a refractory recovery period from that before i want to do it again but 
it definitely made me feel like, okay, there have to be real personal changes that have to go into making sure that this is, that there's nothing anxious about travel, ex, you know, except for the stuff that's going to happen on the road. It was really quite educational and good mm -hmm. for me in that way. That's good. And I think we accomplished something. I think we carried a really good message out to tens of people <laughs> <laughs> that live music is worth it. Sure. And also on a personal level. So you were talking about the obsessive listen, not obsessive, but the deep dive listening that you give to your own music now in preparation for an album. So I will confess to listeners that, you know, Grimm and I have been friends for 14 years that we know of <laughs> possibly earlier because the, the jury's out, but in the mythology mm -hmm. we'll have been friends for like a hundred years. Yes. Um, they were eternal friends and I have listened to every single one of your albums that, um, has come out and listened more than once in, in a lot of cases, multiple times, but to have the focused listening that I've had over the last month of your, and it, it was something that I had wanted to do because I'm sure that you recall that I said like three or four months ago, I was like, I'm going to listen to everything in your catalog and I'm mm -hmm. going to write an article about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. Right. It right. still could. But I had um, some life circumstances that came up and changed my <laughs> ability to do that, which sure. is to dedicate that time to it. But being on tour with you for 15 days, I was, we, uh, I think almost every show except for Chicago, we played as a song swap, yep. which is usually my most annoying way to play a show. <laughs> like, I usually do not like the song swap or the round robin because right. it's like, you know, people are good, but I like have want to get my mojo up for more than one song and then have to wait. Right. And then like continue the story because there is a storytelling aspect sure. of it. But what happened naturally with us is that we sort of like started to feed off of each other and mm -hmm. like oh, that was a fast song, I'll play a fast song, or that was a song about love, which is all your songs are about. I'll play a song <laughs> about love, or this or that. And But just to be a foot away from you, watching you play and listening to you play, these songs that I had heard before opened up this new interest in your recorded works, which after we got back from the tour, there was a brief, I had a brief four-day stint here in Baltimore, and then I had to leave again for another gig, and then I just really started listening to um, all of your albums much with a much closer ear, having heard so many of those tunes like acoustically mm -hmm. um, in a bare bones setting. And it was it's really, really nice. Oh. Thank you. And I've done a deep dive into three of your albums, Lower Your Arms, Pull Awake, Sleeping With The Lights On. Not as deep dive into the new one, mm -hmm. um, but I probably will this week. And it's, yeah, there's something missing from my life too, because I just simply haven't done that with, I'm on a singles track. I'm like reading articles mm -hmm. and I'm re and I'm listening to singular songs. I'm not reading books or right. listening to full albums. And that has to change. Well, and, and yeah, because. Otherwise I'm not going to create anything <clears throat> that's as deep as I want it to be. <clears throat> Yeah, and and we're being we're being kept from those things. I think like well, in in you told me about listening to the to to my records, um, to the to the June Star stuff, and and you said this really nice thing. You're like, you know, these, these are really good records. 
And then you said, I wish my records, you know, did this or, you know. Yeah, my records don't sound as good as yours. um, They sound different. They sound different. That's apples and oranges. But they're. That's a gracious way of saying that. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because, I mean, we're very different in terms of how we approach songs and songwriting. But there's like distinct songs that I'm just like, why is this not a country hit? Why is this not a rock and roll hit? Why is this not famous here? That it. I'm not resigned. I'm some. I'm lingering in this like limbo land between being resigned and totally fucking angry about it. Right, right. Because I'm just like I don't understand why. You, I can understand. I can see how my music is not approachable to people. They're like, please don't sell the piano. It's so quirky. Right. I'm not gonna hear that on the background of a TV show. And but your songs fit into these like beautifully describing these very. Um, not ordinary or common, but universal mm-hmm. themes that would appeal to music supers for, and maybe it's because we haven't, you know, you haven't pursued it heavily, yeah. and that's the reason. But who's, when I hear time, when know. I hear the music that people are listening to, I just think like this is you should be listening to June Star because here's a song that fits that genre that you love that's better and better written. So anyway, I'm baffled I, after 24 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> I, you're baffled as to why I'm not famous. I'm baffled. Well, and, I've said that to you before. Yeah, and and that's that's the same exact way that I've I you know I feel about you know your music when I think about like how I've I mean I've listened to all your records and uh, I did go back and re-listen to Please Don't Sell the Piano and um, I'm gonna go back and re-listen to Heart Like a Lion um, and I also I want to dig out my copy of Ellen Cherry Primer. Oh um, God, it's so bad. As well, but I listened to it on Spotify and it was terrible. I have to figure out how to get it off there. Yeah. Oh, good luck. I guess I'll just have to die. Yeah, that, then well, yeah, then you won't have to worry about it anymore. That's my point. <laughs> I won't give a shit. But um, but you 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 know, it's it's like uh, I, I think your music's very accessible to a lot of people, and also I think with the with the not the advent but the growing inclusion of of female voices and writing and thought process and you know reflection and um as that is gaining more and more traction in our society or our culture or pop culture or however you want to look at it um you know there's i think there's more room there for your for for you to be included in that and so you know but i'm gonna be old yeah <laughs> No one's gonna want to look at me performing my stuff. Nobody really wants to look at me performing my stuff, so it's okay, you know. <laughs> and it's well, it's like well, okay, so <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm joking. I'm gonna say that. something. Well, but 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 it is important to to have that conversation about the, the age thing or the whatever because I and I'm gonna say some things and I'm not be be forewarned, listeners. I'm not being mean um i went i saw john moreland play the other night and he is exceedingly large mm-hmm. um and i i don't know his whole entire background i, I kind of looked it up a little bit it, it didn't take away from the fact that he you know he writes really good songs and his voice is really good He's, he had a really good band and, and all this other stuff but there is that idea that like you know, here's a guy who who 
isn't necessarily fitting the norms of like beauty male beauty standards beauty standards or um, health i mean i saw you sent me a picture of the show yeah and yeah that's not a healthy lifestyle and and so i'm not really sure like you know in contrast to the pictures of all the promos i see for bands that are getting you know lots of airplay or i mean all those guys look like they're emaciated to the point where it's like oh it's another skinny white guy Mm -hmm. who's going to talk about his feelings you know, I guess that makes me feel kind of better to the fact that I'm not skinny. But but it's like, you know, it's, I guess it's it's proof that it doesn't matter so much or at least there's room for one person to not be in that norm. Yeah. You know, I mean, Kelly Clarkson talks about that too. Mm-hmm. You know, and she was an American Idol alum, but she, she they say, what do you remember most about those days? She's like, I was starving to death. Yep, I remember I was, her talking about that because there was, was so the pressure hungry. to be thin. Yeah, yeah, and uh, or to look a certain way. To look a certain way, and they have, um, I guess, uh, the was it Melissa McIntyre, McFarlane, Macareca, something. I don't know. There's some Andrea McAndrew or something. There's some some new country uh, singer, and she's not in that kind of like skinny girl kind of mode. She's not. I see I hate using these terms um it's not like she's I wouldn't say she's overweight mm-hmm. but she certainly isn't real thin mm-hmm. um and she's you know tattooed up and speaks her mind and wears baseball tees and so she's gonna like but that's also I think that's part of the that's the money making marketing appeal man marketing thing that they're they're gonna start doing like the the whole idea of the pop idiom switching over to americana country type of stuff and we're gonna start shaping these people um it's a whole new market to exploit in terms of like appealing to and it seemed like they tried that earlier with the dad bod and seth rogan which (laughs) i was excited about i was like sweet but that only lasted for a moment um you don't have a dad bod Um, i'm okay i'm close to a dad bod but um but uh th- that whole like uh I, I was on rollingstone.com the other day and they you know top 10 americana country songs you need to hear about and one of them was from Luke Bryan and i was like i love how you're putting americana and Luke Bryan you're juxtaposing the two of them but they're not simpatico Mm-mm. Luke Bryan is a is an oaf he looks like a crust commercial to me. He is a crust commercial. Like he his that, teeth are teeth. so white. Yeah, and he, and he he doesn't. He's got that. He's got a very stereotypical Southern drawl type of thing. Yeah. Now I know some people might be upset when I say that, but I'm like, I don't know. You know, I mean, we we just not... we just spent two days with Keith Harrelson down in Alabama, and I tell you what, his his Southern accent makes him sound like a really really smart Southern man. Man, listen. I could listen to him read tax code. Right? Yeah. Now I know your mama told you better than that. (laughs) Love that guy. (laughs) So, as we talk, as we ramble, as we ramble on this epilogue, (laughs) this final episode. Yes. Um, the idea will continue to form over the next six months because the tour. I I do want to talk about this since this is probably going to be our last foray into. Um, like I'm going to continue to promote 
the podcast. Sure. In fact, I'm going to put it finally up on other mediums where people can listen to it. Um, cool. And they're going to be confused. So we'll have to make sure everything is well dated, that this tour yeah, just, uh, is concluded. Yeah. Right. Um, and that the next tour is likely going to be January of 2019. But there's going to be... I think that there has to be prep podcasts that will be happening probably starting in September mm-hmm. where you and I are getting ready for that and doing the same thing that we did, which is to plan this tour. Yeah, we can do a one-off specials and stuff. And the idea being that the 12 or 6 or whatever, how many episodes we decide, yeah. it's definitely not going to be 24. No. That the, the point of it is that we're going to go meet a friend or a long-distance work on song creation, one from me, one from you, one from this other artist, and that the point is we go play a show with them, record the podcast live with them, talk about the songs, play the songs, that kind of thing. Doing something that is the ultimate purpose of this podcast, which is to say like what we have always done in every episode, which is to feature a song that we think should be famous. Mm-hmm. is what we think should be famous. Um, and those will be works created new works or developed works developing works that we think should be famous um it almost sounds like you were saying new twerks new twerks <laughs> a new type of twerking Oof. a new type of musical twerking oh man <sighs> the twerk which i think is i mean like we don't have to go down the twerk rabbit hole but here we are we're right at the edge well, twerking is a, t- I mean, like when you, if you really, the, I'm sure there are dance scholars who are e- able to easily identify like actual um, dance traditions that that comes from. It mm-hmm. comes from tribal dance and it's sort of obvious, but um, I did once see a woman in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm, I heard about this. Um, <laughs> this is amazing. Put her legs on a wall upside down in a handstand and do the most amazing twerking I've ever seen. And it was like random twerking because it wasn't like it was for me or for anyone else. She was just like outside a club, had been drinking, put her legs up on a wall and twerked for like nobody. It was me and my friend walking by and I was just like, this is amazing. (laughs) Thank you, universe, for this beautiful bounty Yes. of like yet another bizarre, weird experience. I always think about that night because me and Josh Villalpando, who I have a gig April 19th, um, I think this will be posted this yeah the day before that so um we'll promote your show because if this gets promoted before april 19th i'm doing um an ellen cherry experience at the top of the wells fargo building in charlotte north carolina on april 19th and um executive chef mike bader yes is making i think like a seven or eight course meal there's eight wines and i'll play two sets of music but anyway, Josh, who owns the Assorted Table Wine Shop, where we had a cool pop-up show on March 20th for this tour, um, with Chef Anthony Soriano, who um, creates meals to go, healthy meals to go, at mm-hmm. Feel Good Meals from Ant's Kitchen. And you can find Assorted Table Wine Shop on the internet as well. I have to look up the website. But anyway, me and Josh walking by the 7th Street Market in North Carolina and outside the club, this twerking situation happens. And I always think about that night because then I went up to my car in the parking lot and my car was so dirty from being on tour that somebody had drawn a cock and balls on it and like wrote, written, wash me. So I took like a picture of it on my cell phone, right? Uh-huh. And then I just, I didn't wash it. I was like, ha, that's funny. And then drove the car <laughs> to, I played in Atlanta. I played uh-huh. in Birmingham and I drove to Texas <laughs> Didn't wash it, spent four days at Texas, 
and then bam the car gets totaled in this oh. terrible car wreck with the cock and balls on it <laughs> yeah. but i think it's so funny like i always think of that night of like not washing my car and the right. fact that there i have a picture of like the last the last picture of my car before right. it's completely smashed right as a dick drawn on it right or, or the fact that like as as your car was flipping over this cock and balls was like flipping sl- flipping. <laughs> flipping around it's funny oh see that's a good way of laughing about it right yeah yeah, traumatic experience, mm-hmm. but there's humor in everything. Mm-hmm. Well, and she was twerking for herself. She was twerking for herself. She was like, you know what? I have a plan. <laughs> I'm going to execute I'm it. I'm going to execute that plan. <laughs> you know. So April 27th is when your disc comes out. Yes. But you're not performing until May 11th. Correct. Um, you're going to be performing live on air on 89.7 mm-hmm. at the TMD Studios in Towson, Maryland. Yes. And tickets are available, people in the Baltimore and D.C. area and Philly area and places as far. You should fly into our international airport Why and come not? see the show because it's going to be amazing. It's going to be it's going to be incredible. Yeah. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll twerk. You'll twerk. <laughs> you'll twerk your brains out. <laughs> yep. That is... A lot of June Star songs are really easy to twerk to. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I like about this new June Star record? <laughs> it's twerk. It's twerkable. <laughs> twerk. You know what I like about Ellen Cherry's music? Simple. <laughs> easy. Easy. Reliable. Reliable. Consistent. consistent. She's got a consistent voice. So <laughs> I like about that Ellen Cherry. Yeah, she knows. She knows what's going on. You know what? This is what I imagine my future reviews will be like. Ellen Cherry's new album shows that she is a human woman. <laughs> you should, you should, your next record should be called Human Woman. And then each one just be like obvious, like literal, like, you know, uterus. <laughs> and, you know. and then it's like a sound recording of a uterus. <laughs> That's the noise I make. Is How did a, you know that? Ah, I just took a guess. Yeah. Eh. I'm not going to talk about my experiences with uteruses. Oh, everybody wants to know. Well, I was born. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the last time you remember. That's uh, It's true. Yeah. That's it. A womb of one's own. <laughs> that's really hard to say. A womb, womb of, of one's own. Mowage. Mowage is a dweeb within a dweeb. A dweeb within a dweeb. It is the reason we are gathered here today. <laughs> when love... True love. True love. Skip, skip to the end. <laughs> Can't go down that rabbit hole. No. We Only cannot. twerking rabbit holes can be gone down. Ooh. That was kind of passive grammar. That's all right. Um, so, what should we talk about now? Well, what time is, or where, where are we on our time? We've we got about 30 minutes left. Do we? I think. Do you think so? Maybe 20. Let's look. Um... Let's while Grim is looking at the times. Yeah, um, well, it's thirty-five minutes in. Nice. Yeah. So we had discussed like, what are we gonna do on our last podcast? Are we gonna feature? Oh. Like, what songs are we gonna feature? Well, you, you, you and I. Well, you had sent me a text earlier in the week and said, you know, why don't we, why don't we both choose a song from our repertoire that we think should be famous? Yeah. That for some reason has not gained any traction. Well, I know why mine hasn't because I, I haven't recorded. No, oh. I don't think I've recorded it. You recorded it, but you haven't recorded it. Recorded it. Yeah, I haven't recorded it. Recorded it. That's how I learned. Yeah. Well, actually, you also just sort of showed me. What the song? 
Yeah, the guitar lines. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Because um, pre- previously to this the song, One Spark, when you had heard it, you were like, how is she doing that on guitar? It's a magical mystery. <laughs> She's the most amazing human woman ever. I bet she has, her body has human woman functions. I bet she has a uterus. I bet she's got a uterus. How is she possibly playing guitar so amazingly with that uterus? No, I know you would never think that. No. That's... But then I showed you the guitar line and you're like, yeah, that's like totally easy. <laughs> Did I say it like that? You're like, ah, Ellen Cherry. Not only is her music simple and easy and her voice reliable and consistent, but her guitar player is not, her guitar playing is not mysterious. Uh, that's not true. I really like that guitar line. I think it's really good. I'm still holding on. So, like, don't worry about me because. <laughs> okay. Generally, I'm fine. Um, there was a man named Claude <laughs> who I met in Basel, Switzerland um, when I was opening for Andy Hoffman and the Beagles on tour several years ago. And um, he he said some things to me that made me, like, gave me enough feeling of mystery to last pretty much my whole life. Whoa. Because he said, Ellen Chergi, your voice, your speaking voice, I do not like. <laughs> but your singing voice makes me feel mysterious all oh. over my body. And I hadn't been what listening. I ha- right. I hadn't been listening to him really until he said that. Until that part about the feeling mysterious all over his body. And I was like, I wonder what that looks like. Hmm. <laughs> tell, tell me more, Claude. Oh, Claude, man. Claude's got game. He had an amazing game. True. You must not be alone tonight. And I said, Oh, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm bunking with um Boyana, who is the drummer. What was her last name? Trianova. Boyana Trianova. Jeez. Yeah. Man, Claude Trianova. Blah, blah, blah. It was a whirlwind tour. Wow. But anyway, it was very funny. It was a little mind scrambler. <laughs> there I was in Basel, Switzerland. With Claude. With Claude. Ellen Cherry. <laughs> I do not like, I don't know why the cherry is so French sounding. Cherry. Um, which I learned an awesome phrase in French that I would like to practice forever because oh. it's so good. Eh ben, dis donc. Now, what does that mean again? It means, oh well, a shrug. <laughs> oh well, a shrug. Oh, and you have to say it like while you're smoking. Eh ben, dis donc. It's <laughs> good. Thanks. Yeah, that was that was uh it was definitely made for for listening, not looking at, not looking at, not watching somebody. No, it, it sounded like if I close my eyes. Okay, I'm gonna close. Do it again. My eyes are closed. Uh, wireless radio listeners. Okay. I bet you don't. Oh, it's too like. Oh, no, you're, you know, you're supposed to be smoking a cigarette. All right, sorry. I bet you don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can see it. I mean, I am three feet from you, so. <laughs> But I had my eyes closed. Anyway, what are you talking about? Um, mystery. A mystery. Oh, so right, well, one spark. One spark. Yeah. So you picked a song. I'm assuming because I don't. I had told you what song I wanted to do, but I, have you picked a song that you think should be I, famous? I, I I sort of picked two. Oh, cool. Um, I was um, I was thinking, thunder. Yeah. Because that's, I don't know if that's the best song I've ever written, but it's a really good one that I really like a lot. It's probably one of your best, and the f- way that you perform it mm-hmm. now is different than the recording, and it's um, not that there's anything wrong with the recording. It's good. Right. But it's definitely, it has deepened in the years since you've recorded it. True. Um, and then the other one was just uh, the Heaven Only Knows song. I really, I've been playing that a lot. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, that's not on. That's going to be on the next next June Star record. Yeah. Um, so that hasn't really had the chance to be famous yet. So. Well, I also appreciate like doing this deep dive into your catalog that I realize that you have the same disease that I have, which is that there's a couple of tunes that you have had to redo. Mm-hmm. And there's a song called Sons of Fire that I have on three different albums and three different incantations. And it's not like it's like the best song I've ever written. It's just obvious that I was just like, eh, I'm trying to get the song finished right? and get a version of it that really feels mature, developed and finished. Um, and I was pleased to know that I was not the only one with that disease. Yeah, well, I mean, because I think like what um, when I redid Telegraph, or like some of the other ones that went from a solo record to a to a June Star record. Yeah, you know, you play them over the years, and you get more and more comfortable with them, and you're like, oh, you know what? I wish I would have done that differently, or whatever. And um, I don't know if I'm going to be doing that much anymore. I think I've gotten most of them out of the way that I want to. I wanted yeah. to re-record. Um, like I would love to, I, 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 one of my ideas was actually to re-record both, um, songs from an engineer's daughter and telegraph, uh, cause I can, I cannot listen to those records. Um, and they're on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere. And the, cause I didn't have the distribution on that. That was, uh, the small label that we were on. Yeah. Um, and I sent him, I sent him a, a, a letter saying, Dear God, please, please don't. don't. Can you take those down? And he never responded because he doesn't talk. He thinks I'm going to sue him. I'm like, dude, I don't have any money. Yeah. I'm going to sue you. You know, whatever. Just have some artistic integrity. Just please, dear God. Like, even I would even be so okay with like re recording them and let him take the money from the digital distribution. Yeah. Just to get, I mean, for those platforms, like, I don't care. I just don't want to. I think part of the reason that that's upsetting to somebody like you and me is that. So on Spotify, because we're talking about Spotify that recently went public, and I feel like in contrast, and I say this as a member of Spotify because I recently joined up because I was Mm -hmm. just like, well, I really do want to not be cut off from the way people modern. I I have to study this. It's part of my business. Um, That one of the earliest albums that you can get of mine on there is this album called The Ellen Cherry Primer, and it's like... It's not good. It's the songwriting is fine, and I always thought that about that record. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the songwriting's fine, and I like the quirky little turns of phrase. And this, I have a really great song that I loved called "The Meanest Waltz." And in my mind, in my memory of that recording, it sounds amazing. And then to mm-hmm. have heard it again last week, I was like, oh my god, it sounds so terrible. My voice is lazy, and my singing isn't good. And because that was recorded, also twenty years ago. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't. It was two thousand one. Okay, so like, what is that? Seventeen years ago. Yeah, maybe two thousand two. No, it came out in two thousand two. Right. So sixteen years ago. But yes, still. and of course I've improved since then, but it's still embarrassing to have your early works. Yeah. Possibly there. be the first exposure that somebody has to you, and you yeah. think, no, 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 no. Listen to the twenty sixteen stuff first. Yeah. You know, listen to this record first. Um. And there's an endearing quality to those fans that have followed you for a long time. And I've, I have friends who we saw on this tour who uh, five of them from college showed up in Little Rock where I went to college and or near where I went to college. And to have them say, you know, like, I have your first record and I knew back then that you were a good songwriter, even if the record isn't like super well recorded or whatever. It's like, that's wonderful. But for the most part, like the wider audience, which we do require to have to sustain the successful mm-hmm. life if the first thing they hear is something from 2002, they're going to be like, 
Yeah. This is like a kid's garage band. Yeah. And that hurts me. Not like emotionally hurts me. It just no, hurts me like financially. Uh, yeah, yeah, opportunities. Yeah, my opportunities are limited. Well, and maybe that's why people like when they hear me play, they're like, oh, you're really good. I'm like... I personally think that you should re-record Thunder. I think that should be one of those songs that you redo as the version in a, in an incarnation of the way you play it now because it is so moving. Hmm. With like, I just imagine there being like wind noise and <laughs> reverb. <laughs> Each 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 CD can come with a dream catcher. Oh my god! And your hair flowing in the wind. <laughs> feels like thunder, but it falls like rain. Falls like rain. Sorry. Are you rewriting my song? I am right rewriting. I don't even know where the lyric came from. So, do you want to play a song? Sure. Okay. Should we do that next? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm gonna hit pause and then because we gotta get set up sort of we a little bit. Okay. Before we do that. Okay. And I don't care where it comes from Just as long as it stays We've both been running and laughing at the rain It sounds like thunder Thank you. 
keeps me from guessing Yeah, from falling apart And it protects me The army in your heart And it sounds like thunder Starts to wonder why you let her go. That was beautiful. Thank you. All right, so that was Andrew Grimm playing live in our little podcast studio, <laughs> playing his song, Thunder. Thunder. Which was the cl- the show closer almost every night of the tour. Yes. So, yeah, I should not have flubbed the lyrics on that because I'm pretty sure I know that song <laughs> inside and out. Um, I've heard it a lot, and I love it. I think it's such a great... It's very atmospheric, um, beautiful lyrics. The idea that, yeah, when you hear something like Thunder, that you're expecting a certain experience after that, and that ends up being something different, yeah, something much gentler. Which is a good metaphor in a lot of ways about not anticipating bad things. Correct. Just because it, it, it seems like a rumbling ahead. Like the letting go doesn't have to necessarily be as scary, even though it seems like it could be a a distant danger. The letting go is actually a much gentler process than, but you got to work up to that. (laughs) That's true. You have to do some personal work for that to be true. Well, it doesn't have to be a lightning strike. It doesn't have to be, you know, 4,000 volts of electricity blasting something to pieces. It's... You know, the idea, I think when I wrote it, I, I remember writing it. Um, I was living on Fleet Street in 2006. And uh, I was in a small little closet off of uh, the living room area in the apartment that I was living in at the time. Um, and I remember... I, I like the song. It was on the solo record Wolves, and I I remember, and it was actually in the key of E rather than the key of F, and I remember like I was just thinking about, you know, not trouble ahead, I suppose, but like you got that idea of like you hear something in the distance, and it's like when I was a kid playing soccer, you would hear, 
you know, at soccer practice or whatever, you would hear that thunder, but also, you know, just even from your bedroom or whatever, you hear it and you're like, oh, and you automatically feel like the worst is going to be, like this is like some sort of event that is going to bring, you know, you got to run. <laughs> Why is that? Is it because of consciousness? Because I think animals, I mean, I'm an animal, but I'm so <laughs> removed from my animal ness in so many ways because sure. of technology science culture civilization that and not not that that's a bad thing it is it is the is of the is i can't change that i'm not going to go back to in my lifetime some kind of feral version of myself that <laughs> never existed before but the the concept of just on a animalistic level of hearing that and being able to be better prepared to actually interpret the reality of that situation, which is that danger is not directly at hand. Right. Don't worry about it. Just continue to be in the moment, very present minded and meditative and, um, or mindfulness. Yeah. Well, it's about, uh, yeah, the awareness, you know, the, the instinctive thing. deep tune, man. Well, yeah. (laughs) Whoa. I think, yeah. And then you put it in the, the, the context of a relationship as well, because that's one of my, one of my favorite lines I think I've written is, you know, as I beg for forgiveness, you look at your watch. Oh man, it's such a great, <laughs> it's such a great um, theater piece. Yeah. Uh, stage setting, what's it called? Stage dressing to be, everyone has been in that situation. I think it's a very common description of like, you're about to be vulnerable and painful in front of somebody and they are like, so removed from you and so bored yeah. that they or pissed off or whatever they're experiencing that they're just like I'm gonna look at my watch right because how, how long is this gonna take yeah I'm waiting for something else yeah you know this is this is not and that whole idea of like this this is really important to me and this is not important to somebody else mm-hmm. you know and I think that's like the crux of a lot of the problems in my in my previous relationships in my life is like what one person thought was important was never really important at all to the other person. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah. Ooh, 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 dear. <laughs> you know. So anyhow, so well, I'm I'm glad that you like that song, and I'm glad I'm glad to play it on the podcast. Now, it should be famous. It should be famous. Now your song, One Spark. Yes. Which I think I've effused much much praise for. Uh, as soon as you sent it to me, mm-hmm. as soon as I oh, well, actually didn't. I don't think you sent it to me. I listened to it on FOM. Yeah. You posted it and I listened to it and I was like, that's a really great song. That's a really, really great song. And I, I, and, uh, I was listening to it and you were doing something with the guitar where I was like, huh, how are you doing that? Because <laughs> it was also different than like the, the guitar line in particular is the, when you go from the, was it the, uh, it's on the B string in the beginning. Well, that, that part, that part, I knew what you were doing. Because that's a that's a D to an E with a octave in it, but then, but then it's the panel now that little just turned down, which is just what that's the A sharp A to a G to to an E minor chord, to, yeah, yeah, to an E minor chord. So, but it just it's the way you played it on the recording was like I was like I was like oh that's you know what I'm liking what I hear, <laughs> you know, because I mean I I like, like it. but I, I don't know how I feel about this. It's a, <laughs> A woman with a uterus playing. I'm just kidding. You yeah, never a, said a real human woman. A real human woman playing guitar this way that make me feel interested. Huh. Odd. 
And the musicianship of it. I'm just joking. You would never be that way. You're not a Neanderthal. Do you say Neanderthal or Neanderthal? I say Neanderthal. Yeah, me too. I yeah. try to say Neanderthal. Yeah. And I feel like I sound like a jerk. Yeah. You sound like you're, you're putting airs on everybody. Yes, I am putting airs on Neanderthal. <laughs> Wait, wait, like when people what, say um, Sacago um, wrong. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I just saw a U-Haul with Sacagawea on it. Sacagawea. Well, I was going to say, what was the French phrase? Because, you know, maybe Claude could have. You make me feel mysteries all over my body. <laughs> That's not what that means. It means, oh, well, a shrug. Oh, well. Mm. A shrug. So, yeah, I guess I should play one spark. Yes. Maybe we should rehearse it once before we. Okay. Do you want me to play on it? I thought you were going to play on it. Uh, you know, I'm, I always give you the option. We, yes, um, dear listeners, if you were not with us on tour, um, which, what is wrong with you? We were on we were all of our crazy Facebooks. Um, we played this song together quite mm. frequently, and um, I thought it sounded really good. So, yeah, of course I want you to play, because we had worked out a little part for it. Okay. So, yeah, let's, let's run it once, and yeah. then we'll play it live for you. Okay. Yeah, we should probably tune our guitars, too. Okay, sounds good. Okay. See, I'll see you back at the podcast. Okay. So that was that was live we did it live uh-huh. with only two rehearsals and i even changed up the structure of it from what you had been playing it for two weeks i'm good on the fly like that. you are good on the fly like that um i also do you mind if i talk about how i wrote that song you talk about whatever you want all right thanks you go girl so i like to be an advocate for medicines that heal and not harm and i have long been an open advocate of cannabis as a medicine um Alcohol has had a pretty profound effect on my life. I, I do not have an addiction to alcohol. Um, I enjoy alcohol socially. Um, and 
you know, I, I don't actually like it that much. Like I drink it occasionally, but, um, it's not on flights, on flights. It does help with turbulence for me. It relaxes me, um, for sure. But, um, previous to the car wreck that I was in in 2013, I would use, um, cannabis recreationally and vocationally, meaning that sometimes I would, you know, use cannabis and then be able, I would play piano for like hours and hours no it was awesome and it just like opened up my mind and i felt i wasn't worried about the domestic things that i felt i needed to do or concerns with other people i was totally focused it really helped me focus um and i know people use pharmaceuticals for those reasons Mm -hmm. um to help them focus um then after the car wreck i was on pretty heavy opiate based opioid-based pain management uh, medication for months and then i went through a withdrawal period for that which was terrible um and then a couple months after i was clean from that uh, my mind started to really um start to deal with the trauma of the car wreck and the only thing that really worked for like i would say almost a year was um smoking weed every day and i wasn't driving so there was no danger of me hurting anyone else i wasn't you know like i'm not in public service or a school teacher i'm just a musician trying to make a living and recover from this terrible thing that was caused by a person using a legal drug um to get rid of anxiety now i stopped for a long time after that year because it it had done its it it fixed my anxiety like that when bad things would start to enter into my mind it helped me deal with it in an immediate way and so i'm a huge advocate for it because it kept me alive i really believe that i think i had some really really dark times and um i would have gone into an even worse space if it hadn't been for cannabis i really think that it saved my life including you know and also talk therapy and swimming and having a support system anyway i'm back to using it for fun and for recreation and for creativity for the most part, I still do use it occasionally for um, to relieve anxiety and stress. But for the most part, it's gotten back to the original purpose of it was in my life, which is for fun, occasional mm-hmm. fun. And when I was working on this song in January, I was just like, I got nothing to do right now. Let me sit down and smoke out and write a song. And that song just came out in like a minute, two minutes. Mm-hmm. It was done. And I was so impressed because I was high that I wrote on the lyric sheet, I wrote this while high. And I just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that, that it's, I'm a productive stoner. Wow. I'm one of those productive stoners. Right on. Yeah. Right on is right. That's right. Flame on, man. And I think that like talking about it openly means that if I ever run for office, you know, like, well, just like, I'm not going to be shy about the, you know, why it's ridiculous that yeah. it's a schedule one drug oh that's rid- it is not the same as bath salts or methamphetamines or cocaine or, or crack heroin or heroin or fentanyl or anything right it's not even the same as some of the drugs that are legal that pharmaceuticals sell to people it's which are addictive right so it's not at all and i'm and i'm saying that as a historian and musician with no scientific backing it's totally purely anecdotal in my experience but I just feel like every time I want to talk about it, I want people to look at me and say, like, oh, she's a drug user. Right? Sure. But one of the reasons she's alive. Right. One of the reasons I'm alive is because I used that drug. Um, And I realize it's not the same for everybody because some people use drugs and it destroys their lives. And I'm aware of that. So it has to be a very delicate balance and very uniquely tailored to the person themselves. But I think when we specifically talk about cannabis, there's this impression that it's like, worse than alcohol 
um, or more dangerous than alcohol. And I'm like, I know so many people who would not consider themselves drug users who take eight to 20 pills a day. Yeah. So you're a drug user. (laughs) You know, like, stop being a hypocrite. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm ruining the beautiful moment that we created with that song by talking all about, like, (laughs) the pharmaceutical industry. But I just, it impresses me so much that, like, cannabis i felt like in that moment opened up a little portal for me to create what i consider a song that i would love to be known for yeah it was a a spark of creativity when you sparked up man. <laughs> and sparks all over it right it was sparked from um a relationship and the song itself was and from and just from a conversation you know like the idea of all you need is a little like you're sitting in the dark and all you need is that flash of light just mm-hmm. to, to remind you, first of all, that you exist yep. to give you not hope, which is a very um, thin ice to skate on, but a hopefulness mm-hmm. and a sense of purpose again um, that can come from within. Just I don't know. It's a, it's a deep thing. And I wanted to base it on like, um, a, you know, a kid's rhyme, but go away. Yeah. Rain, rain, rain go, go away. away. Yeah. Yep. Cause it was a rainy day. Come on back some other day. Yeah. So thank you to myself, first of all, and my own brain <laughs> like for writing that. Too. I'd like to thank myself for writing that song, but also thank you to cannabis. Yeah. There you go. So, um, anyway, I guess we should tie it up. Yeah. Last. We should finish it up. I'm kind of sad a yeah. little bit. Like, I don't want to stop talking to you. <laughs> Well, Across I'm sorry, the table. You know, you know, there's no communication between the two of us for the next six we, months. Yep, until we get back to the next season. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah, well, yeah. What are you gonna do? You know, it's kind of weird because I was thinking, I was looking at Facebook the other day, and I was like, I gotta change all the like the profile yeah. pictures and like what is the next thing? And I've been so focused on this project for so long that now I'm just like adrift. Yeah, on the right. ocean. I mean, you have stuff going on, but yeah, I guess I yeah. got a whole load of nothing going on. Well, which is okay. I'm in a refractory period. Right. God, all these different stages. God, <laughs> Recovery, so refractory, alpha refractory one, and then <laughs> that's know. the right word, isn't it? <laughs> recovery. I'm in a recovery period. Recovery period. So I'm going to be doing some recovering of myself and writing well, songs you know. and. And my job as a friend and a, and a colleague is to kind of push you to to be Good. creative. Good. So go write some songs. Yeah. You. You go write you some songs. You human woman. So to anyone who's listening, where can they find you in the meantime until we re- reach back out through the Ethernet and ah. the Internet? Where can we find information about you, especially about your brand new CD coming up April 27th, CD release party at TMD in Towson, Maryland. Yep. 89.7 where you can tune in on f- it'll be a Saturday evening Friday, Friday evening it's a Friday evening yeah um, you, well you can find WTMD.org is where you can get the tickets as far as I know gotcha uh, they haven't told me anything so I don't know um, typical <laughs> what burn um, uh, junestar.com j-u-n-e-s-t-a-r.com yep is uh, my band's website and then junestar.bandcamp.com is our Bandcamp site where you can get almost all of our stuff. And for $5, you can subscribe. Uh, a monthly subscription of $5 a month, you can subscribe to our subscription service where subscribers will get... <laughs> subscription <laughs> things. <laughs> subscriptions. Um, we'll get uh, all, almost our entire back catalog except for uh, an early awful record. 
Um, and then um, a couple of my solo records. I There's a couple of solo records that I don't even have copies of myself. Nice. Um, so I got to figure that out at some point. Uh, but also I try to, well, I publish a song a week. Uh, this year's I've been doing um, public domain songs. A little bit behind on that, but uh, I'm gonna get We've back been busy. Up. Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get back into to taking care of that maybe by the end of this week. Um, and that's it. That's it for me. Where are they, where can they find your stuff? I'm still available at ellencherry.com, uh-huh. and I'm gonna try to update that website. It's looking a little outdated, um, but I am available there, ellencherry.com. I also have a subscription service that I have failed to do my March to. Ooh. So April subscribers, you're not only gonna get four songs but i'm gonna throw in probably a bonus two items a bonus a, a bonus two items because i my, feel real you bad my cousin donnie he had Arbutus. a bonus <laughs> he didn't get let me say i know that, that he, because that he got a bonus once. we got stuff to do today and his, you, his pants busy. were chafing <laughs> that's where i was gonna go with it it's really funny man okay go for it no 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 your cousin donnie got a bonus and his pants were chafing <laughs> his pants were chafing and uh, well you know he was at sears trying on new pants yeah. He, he acted like was it like was he in the we in the lingerie section and then he well, it was right across he had oh you know oh uh, you know when you buy them uh, bras <laughs> that's got like the uh, pictures of the women wearing the bras on them. they shouldn't they <laughs> should they should not do that you know <laughs> so anyway back to my band camp site and my yes. four subscribers that I did not ignore it just got a little chaotic in march and we were on tour and then i had some personal stuff going on but i'm back in town now and but i'm back um baby i'm back and ready to write for subscribers so um i've also been thinking about this album that i had called redress that is not currently on the Bandcamp site but I, if i can find a copy of it i'm gonna rip it uh, i think uh tim haney sent it to you yeah he sent me a picture of it yeah I have copies of it somewhere, um, and I'll find it. Maybe that will be a subscriber bonus as well, because there you go. this is like six little great little songs that developed into other songs, kind of like early demos. Um, so yeah, we have some stuff. We have some work to do. Um, okay. I we have a whole lifetime ahead of both of us of continuing to not be famous. Yeah. Um, I would like to put a shout out to Amanda Ray for mm-hmm. doing an amazing design on our um, season one tour graphic. Right. Um, I, I think that maybe I'll start a little bit earlier on getting the next one ready to go. But the places that we're going, we're planning on going together, we already know that we have a gig in November in Bend, Oregon. Correct. Um, November 17th. And I'll be posting these on the Why Aren't You Famous website as well as our own um, as soon as we get that little tour set up. But the tour in January um, might start as far south as Florida. Yeah. And then we'll be trekking up from there because um, I have some ideas that I haven't even told my co-host about. What? Yep. Oh boy. So. Um, well, I won't know until six months from now because we're not going to talk. That's right. It's going to be all will be revealed. <laughs> so I want to thank every single person who has is listening to our voices to this very end. That's been over twenty-four hours of talking. Mm-hmm. Yakking. Yakking, discussing things, and the response from. You know, primarily because of me not promoting it as well as I could, and both of us are going to work on that over the next couple months too, promoting this. Even though the, some of the subject matter is like the tour stuff is happening, has happened in the past. There's still some valuable things I think in there that sure. we discussed that's that people stuff. might find interesting, and um, and hopefully people will keep in touch. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss doing this. Aww. Yeah, We'll get back to it. Okay. It'll be great. Okay. All right. We'll see you guys later. See ya. Bye. Bye bye. 
You hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> <laughs>